and welcome back to the Time for Heroes podcast. Right, on the podcast today I have Sam Sherdell, um, a singer from Sheffield, um, Yorkshire. Um, he's had a run of singles out since 2022 and we're going to talk about this run of singles, what's coming up in the future and what's went on in the past, right for the start of his career. So right right at the start, what I asked for Sam is um, what what was life like for a, a young Sam Sherdell growing up? Have I got that pronunciation? Yeah, yeah, you have pronounced it right, mate. Yeah, it's Sherdell. A lot of people say Sherdell and uh, I've not had to correct you, which is awesome. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, like you said, I started this run of singles in twenty twenty two. Prior to that, uh, I mean, I'm I'm in my like thirties now, and prior to that, kind of I was involved and immersed in the Sheffield music scene from been sort of sixteen up until I'd say twenty five, twenty six, and then I kind of just get up the ghost with it all. I found it really tricky. I had a lot of stuff going off in my personal life as well that. And I couldn't really focus, and uh, I had a child at that point as well. And I kind of just, I kind of just threw towel in, and I just thought this isn't for me anymore. Um, but things changed, and I took a back seat from music for a good few years. Um, that's a three or four years. I was still doing bits, still doing bits of writing, and but I, I'd completely vanished, kind of thing. And then I think when COVID happened in March, I started. Everyone were doing things to, to occupy the time, and I just started doing some like Facebook Live gigs, things like that, just mm-hmm. to pass time. Um, and the, the reactions I were getting to that kind of thing were people were interested. People liked my tone of voice, my tone of singing voice, not my speaking voice, which is atrocious. But <laughs> <laughs> me, uh, yeah, the, 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 there seemed to be a demand there, and, and then. One thing led to another, and I had a bit of a spurt in writing, and I, I just thought, you know what I mean? Let's let's do it. Let's let's have a proper crack at it. And then, in that time, there were a song that I wrote called "Early Morning Rain," um, and it was produced, it was recorded at my my home in Doncaster, um, and the the producer that I worked on it with is is a friend of mine from Sheffield, but he moved to Nashville. So I was recording it at home and sending it over to Nashville to be mixed and and all that kind of thing and engineered and mm-hmm. that's how it started. And then the first single from sort of the relaunch in twenty twenty two yeah came out. It was March the third, twenty twenty two, and it's been a bit of a crazy ride since that point. Brilliant. So, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Sheffield or Doncaster? Well, there's, there's a bone of contention with me from Sheffield saying I'm not from Sheffield. I'm from South Yorkshire, which is sort of, I mean, I'm about 25, 30 minutes from Sheffield. But when I was, I've always based myself in Sheffield, if you like. So, it's actually, the, the place that I am now is actually Doncaster. Um, like I say, it's not too far from I'm in Sheffield quite a lot. Sorry, that's that's the dog, not me. <laughs> Sorry, he might set mine off. <laughs> um, so, like growing up when you were a, a young kid, yeah. what was what was your 
ideas then? Were, were you influenced with music from an early age? Uh, I were into um, sort of bands like Nirvana. Um, Nirvana were a massive influence. I think uh, they they were kind of the reason I picked up a guitar. And I think when we were at school, everyone were into like sort of new metal bands and things like that. And I can remember being into Limp Biscuit at one point when I was like 12, 13. Oh, dark times there. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, my taste quickly moved on. And while a lot of my friends stayed into that kind of metal music, um, I, I kind of moved away from that and I started listening to a lot of indie music. It's funny, it's that one of the first bands that I was in when I was sort of 13 years old were we Matt Keane, who's now in Brim of the Horizon. He's the right. best player in Brim of the Horizon. Um, we had a we had a band that we jammed at my mum's house, um, a, a little two, two down in a town called Mexborough. And we had a band called, I think we were called Sight for Sore Eyes when I was sort of 13 years old. So, yeah, he's gone on and done uh, big things. <laughs> well, that's it. I've seen them on Ticketmaster. I was looking at their guys. They're playing like massive arenas and things, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so like I said, we're in a band with Matt from... Yeah, about 12.30. Not for long. Um, but, yeah, they're a massive band, headlining Leeds, Reading, all the big ones, Downloads, you know what I mean? They've gone on to absolute massive stardom. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you're saying you were in, a, in this band at kind of 12, 13-year-olds. So, was that then always a dream? Did you, at that age, were you thinking, I want to do music as a, a yeah. lover? Yeah, I think so. So in, in the town I grew up, which I said, as I said, we're Mexburg, the youth centre there, well, we all kicked about and knocked about. They actually, the youth workers there actually built a recording studio on the back of it. So while everyone else was on street corners and things like that, smoking and drinking, there were a little condensed group of us that was so into music, jamming. We were terrible, do you know what I mean? We, we were still learning the ropes and everything, but... We absolutely loved it. We'd be chomping a bit to get up and be rehearsing or in a studio or something like that. That'd be, with school had finished and it's when can we get in the studio and when can we get in that rehearsal room? And that were a, that were a massive, I think, contributing factor to where I am now and how much I love music. Um, and I, 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 I've taught myself a lot along the way. Do you know what I mean? I've taught myself how to record. I've taught myself guitar. I've taught myself piano. Everything's more or less self-taught. Everything's self-taught. Mm-hmm. Taught myself how to sing. I used to be a dreadful singer up until the point of maybe 16, 17 year old. I couldn't hold a note. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, we're a, that were a massive part. And I think, like I said, that it all stems back to what I was saying about when I were into Nirvana and things like that. Sort of 12, 13 years old. That's when it really started, and that love of music really started. Mm-hmm. So, what was what was the uh, Sheffield or South Yorkshire? What, what was the the musical scene like back then, and and how do you think it's progressed to the way it is now? Because there's some massive bands. About yeah, oh yeah, definitely, and it's it, it's a strange one because obviously when. I told you I had that bit of an hiatus. And when I say I had an hiatus, I completely disappeared and I had nothing to... I, I didn't know who anybody was. When I came back the second time, I had no idea. There were a couple of people still around from the first time, but in terms of people who ran venues and things like that, I had no idea who those people were. 
Um, but Sheffield, obviously, it's got a massive, massive heritage. And South Yorkshire, South Yorkshire as a whole, it's, it's obviously I were around when Arctic Monkeys were first coming uh, through. Um, I were involved in Sheffield scene then. And I just think it's got a very strong musical heritage. I mean, Richard Orley is one of my favourite artists. Um, Pulp, one of my favourite bands. Um, it's got a very, very strong backbone to it, definitely. Because mm-hmm. uh, obviously I've seen that post on Facebook that, that got us talking. Obviously with Danny Watson, he says that he's working with yourself. Um, yeah. You know, he mentioned Dead Cousins and I think it was Joe Carnal. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, they, they guys are people I'd like on the podcast as well. So, it, to be mentioned in the, that kind of yeah. group of people is obviously you, you kind of you know you're going the right way when you're you're mentioned by them. And on top of that, you've got Andy Nicholson that's doing a lot of kind of work in the background with, yeah. with his stuff, gold teeth and all that. So yeah, yeah. Um, what is is this is that kind of scene quite supportive? It is. I've got. I've got to say, it really is. And one of the biggest things that happened to me in 2023 were supporting Reverend of the Makers at Sheffield Leadnall for their album launch show. Um, and that were just from hustling, and that were just from uh, John McClure pointing some out on Twitter saying he needed a support band. What actually happened was I supported him at a house. He does like house gigs for fans. Uh-huh. Uh, I did one out in Rotherham, which is just outside of Sheffield. Uh, and he asked me to come along and support him at that. Um, it was quite funny, really, because the the fans' house that we were turning up to, uh, <laughs> they didn't know they were a support band, and we uh, they they'd actually set up like a little stage, and they'd like they had a bit of a band thing going off between them and the mates, and they were expecting to support him. So I turned up with an acoustic guitar, and they're like, "Who's this guy?" Um, nicking our thunder, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I did that, and then John asked me to support him at his album launch uh, at Leadmill, and that were that opened a lot of doors for us. Um, massively supportive. As soon as we finished the set, John were waiting for us outside the stage, and do you know what I mean? Give us a massive oak, and, yeah, it, were, it is a supportive scene. I've done some gigs with Ed Cuddens as well. He's a lovely, lovely man, great songwriter. Um and yeah, it it is a sportive scene, um, and yeah, it's a strange place to be because when I launched it in March twenty two last year, I never expected it to have took off like it did. Oh, that's brilliant! Man. John does seem to be kind of the glue that keeps everybody together, and that yeah, 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 you seem to get that way. I'm I'm kind of fascinated with these kind of groups, these scenes that you get around the country, obviously up here. Um, Whitburn, you've got the Snuts and yeah. Luke Capaldi and Mark Sharp and the Bicycle Fuse up. They're all pals and they all kind of yeah, yeah. at the same time. Obviously, before that, up in Dundee, you had The View yeah. um, and all the bands surrounding them that came out. And it's all the other country. I spoke to Matt McManaman for the Dead Sixties yesterday and obviously that Liverpool scene back then, the yeah. mid noughties. It's it, you get one band and it seems to Yeah. Every day, every day, it lights a fire for everybody else running a bit. So 
obviously in your hiatus then, what, what was going on then? Were you just back at working and... No, it weren't that. I think I, I had some like personal problems with relationships and things like that and I went off rails a bit and I had my demons and, do you know what I mean? I, I could have continued going down a path that I didn't want to go down. Um, but... Somehow I dug deep and I got out of it. And you know what I mean? I'll be forever. Uh, I don't know how I did it. You, you kind of look back and then you you think, how did that happen? And But yeah, I'm just in a lot more positive place now, definitely. Um, and I, I think it took me to realise that music is something that I, I can't live without. I used to call myself, uh, I mean, in my day job, I'm actually qualified like surveyor. And I used to say I'm a surveyor and I do music as an hobby. And this time you switch it on its head. I'm a, I'm a musician and I do a bit of freelance work to help fund that career. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You've got to make that switch and you've got to change that mindset for it to work or it's never going to work. You can't be an obvious musician. It's got to, you've got to live and breathe it. And I think when I took when I made that switch, that's when things started changing, and that's when things started happening for me. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you mentioned earlier, kind of it was around kind of COVID that mm. kind of this change happened. Which is it's funny it's come up so much on the podcast about COVID, and for all you see in the media about how people dealt with it and how it affected people's mental health. But a, a lot of the times with the musicians, it, it has helped either in the aspect they, they, they've got a bit of time to sit and write or whatever. In your case, kind of yeah. focus more and turn yourself around. So, yeah. um, I, think, I think that's where it were. I think I were at a point in my life where I, were, I was suffering burnout with a job that I look back and I think, what, what were I doing? Doing that, what, do you know what I mean? What were I doing putting myself through that? It's like, I, I absolutely hated it. You'd live for a weekend, I hated the job. I earned some good money, I'm not going to lie, but it's, it weren't fulfilling at all. Um, if I wanted to chase money, I could be a very rich man, but I don't want to do that. I want to do what's fulfilling for me, and do you know what I mean? And uh, I've got to be I've got to be satisfied in what I do, and I've never been as satisfied in, in doing what I do. And it, it is a massive hustle. I've got no management... Um, and there's a lot of bands at a similar level to me that I've got management and I, I kind of take pride on the fact that I, I've done all this myself and I'm not going to lie, I'm probably an odd person to manage as well do you know what I mean, pride in the project and everything that's happened with it because it's not just a case of getting a guitar and doing a few gigs, there's a lot of things to organise, do you know what I mean and it's been a very, been a very laborious but very satisfying job to do to get it to this stage mm. so how do you go getting a getting a band run about you and how do you obviously how do you get the right guys run about you I would I said before I went on hiatus I had a group of friends in a band and they were predominantly friends and very good friends uh, and it was just a recipe for absolute disaster I think it, for me, if it, if I, I couldn't work with my immediate close friends, um, in the ba- in a band, I think there's got to be some kind of separation from that. Not to say that the guys in the band now aren't very good friends, but that's grown. Do you know what I mean? 
mm-hmm. where it's, it, it kind of capitulated on itself back in 2017, uh, being in a band with your, with your close friends. And then, obviously, when I was relaunching the project in 2022, I knew that this, my songs have always needed a band behind them. Uh, I, I have wrote all the parts, etc., but they've always needed that for the live show. And, la- and something, the live stuff is something I never really ever took seriously. Um, I was always focused on writing and recording, but obviously you've got to get out there and play. Um, and as soon as we did the first couple of gigs, I, I realised that the live thing is probably what I love doing. I, I used to do a lot of gigs acoustic, you see, so I'd record all the band stuff, then I'd go out and play acoustic, and it's like that. It's, I didn't really feel it. I didn't really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But coming back to getting the lads together, it was sort of... Um, after... After the plan to put the single out in March, I, I, I went and met. So the bass player and the drummer, um, I just went, met him in Kellam Island in Sheffield, had a bit of a chat. Uh, then we did some sort of semi-acoustic gigs where the the drummer that I've got now, he actually played acoustic guitar. I uh, Sorry, electric guitar. I played acoustic and then we had a bass player. Um, and the idea was we'd wait until we find a lead guitarist and then... James had moved back onto the drums and then we'd try the full thing and that's what happened and then we, I found Luke. Uh, it took a while to find the lead guitarist, to be fair. Um, I found a lot of guitarists were invested in different projects and mm-hmm. it really dropped on with Luke in the band who's now he's part of the writing process from Rich Studio and, uh, yeah, been very, very lucky. Uh, and, yeah. There weren't much to it. I'm, I, I can't really say much more than there were. We met, we had a coffee, we had a pint, and that were it, and got in a room. And I think it's sometimes it can be that direct and that simple. There's no point complicating it. If you feel it and it works, yeah. crack on with it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, obviously, I had Andrew Cushion, the boy from Newcastle. I had him on the yeah. podcast, and he was the same, obviously. He was predominantly just on stage himself and in order yeah. to kind of take it to the next level he had to get abandoned about him but he was the same he said I, I couldn't have my friends it had to be people yeah um obviously in that case are you are you predominantly then the boss and you it's kind of yeah it's a, it is it is my vision and it is yeah but obviously now I'm right I'll still demo songs at home um, Luke doesn't live too far away, so he's happy to nip right. If I've done a song uh, and got the main, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The main bones of it together, he'll come and he'll add so that the, the next single we're releasing that we demoed that, then he came around the next day and then put some lead parts on, and they're the lead parts that you'll hear in the single. So the the the, the writing process, it, it, I do still do a lot of it, but obviously the, there's there is a bit more freedom in the practice room in the studio now to culminate those ideas. Brilliant. Um, so this runny singles for 2022, uh, right up till now, you've had, um, I don't know, maybe eight or nine, eight or nine songs. That I think the the beauty of them is they all, they've all got different aspects in them. They've got different sounds in every song. Yeah. There's no... You couldn't pan it down to one specific Sam Sherdle sound. Yeah. Um, 
there seems to be lots and lots of different influences. Some of the some of the stuff I took for it, I mean, I listened to, I've been listening to All Mormon and on Shuffle. So a boy, is it the boy who fell to earth? Yeah. About your son. Yeah. Um, I was racking my brains trying to figure out it sounded like somebody, and it's um, Stephen Fretwell. That's what yeah. I got for it, which like, yeah, yeah. you never hear much of him anymore, but yeah, yeah. I got that straight away, and I thought that's that's really good because he was one of my um he was one of my favourites back in the day. Right. But how why do you think there's so much different sounds come into it? Is that just all the influences you've taken throughout the years? Uh, yeah, and I, I, I never like to pigeonhole the sound. I mean, I think the sound for me, the, the thing that you can pigeonhole is the voice. It's a distinctive voice, but I'd never want to... I mean, I, I've just sent off a lot of demos um, to be discussed for pre-production. I'll maybe talk about this in a bit for, for the album. And I was listening back over a weekend and there is there's just such a variety of stuff. And you mentioned Boyle Fell to Earth. That were originally, as I told you, went on hiatus. Before I went on hiatus and I had the previous band, um, we were called Sam Stone and the Fix. That was actually like a big rock song, like a big stadium rock song. And then when I relaunched it, I thought that's it, it don't need to be that. It just needs to be somewhat simple and beautiful. Um mm-hmm. So that's why it got stripped back to that. And but there, there is there's a massive melting pot of influences from me. I, I I love I love artists like Stevie Wonder. I love do you know what I mean? David Bowie. I love modern rock. I love I love soul music. I love there's a lot of different things, and I never want to I never want to pigeonhole. I, I kind of like what Paolo Nutini does in terms of. There's a cross genre stuff like his second record. There's reggae on there. Do you know what I mean? There's there's, mm-hmm. good, there's all sorts of stuff on there, and I love I love all sorts of instruments in there. I mean, that, like, you, you can notice the the sax in some of the songs. You can there's strings and yeah, all sorts. Yeah, for for like for like a, an up and coming artist as yourself to to have that kind of body work already. It's, it's yeah. Kind of, It'll set you in the right stead. So that's it. It's that I mean, I I do write the parts as well. And when I'm writing, when they're in demo phase, if you listen to the demos, those parts are there and already written. They're not added by a producer. Do you know what I mean? I've always had quite a big vision in terms of the songs, and I'm not writing the songs to be played to crowds of hundred people. I want them to be to to be played to thousands of people. And I've got no shame in saying that. The 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 songs are written for a big audience, um, and they react better to a big audience, definitely. So, obviously, you you kind of threw that in there. You mentioned a wee bit about an album. So, um, what what's the plans for an album? Because you see a lot of obviously looking at bands on Spotify, a lot a lot of them don't even go for the album anymore. They just maybe do, yeah, couple of like runs of EPs or whatever. And that, that yeah. kind of album model seems to be dying out to some extent. So, so I there's there's plans in your case for an album. The plan is in my case for an album, but it's not sort of there's going to be an album coming out in the next few months. It's not like that. There's a very well, it is me still managing the project predominantly, but there are people involved 
now that want to help push this. Um, and uh, the plan is to release an album in 2025. So I will be announcing, I think by the time this podcast comes out, there's going to be an as yet untitled EP coming at the end of 2024, maybe the beginning of 2025. So there'll be, there will be an EP and the first single of that EP is coming out on February the 9th. Um, So there will be an EP coming this year or the beginning of next. And then at the end of next year, that's when we're forecasting that the album will be set amongst the pigeons. We want it. We want enough. To, we want enough time to be able to do a play festivals, build a fan base. So there's no point in us releasing an album to to nobody and nobody buy it. But I think with a, the team that we've got working at the minute, um, my head's focused. My, my head's focused now. It's never been as focused, and I'm confident that we can get the people uh, together and make an impact with an album and I'm confident that the songs that are going to be on there are what people want to hear definitely Brilliant I look forward to that uh, obviously you touched on festivals and you're out you get a gig this weekend down in Glastonbury is yeah part, is that I've seen that's like kind of the audition for to get into Glastonbury is that right? It is yeah it's kind of, I mean we we played the audition to play the Pilton Party, which is Glastonbury Sister Festival. We did that in August last year, and we won we won that night. But they didn't have time to do a final, so I think there'd been four winners of these overall auditions, and they had to pick two without actually having a final. And we didn't get picked. Uh, another two bands got picked, but we we've obviously been invited to audition for for Glastonbury. But to be fair, in going down there. The people at these gigs, they're people who work the festival. There's people who run several stages. Do you know what I mean? It's just good to go down there. Glastonbury, I've been to Glastonbury 15 times. It's, it's, if I got, I'd play, I'd play a mobile phone charging tent down there. That's how much I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd want to play down there. Do you know what I mean? So if I could get a, a spot down there anywhere, even if it's just me and me acoustic guitar, I'd do it. Um, that's that. It's my. It's it's always been my goal to play there. Um, so yeah. So we're going. We're, we're heading down there on Saturday. You know, Somerset, and it's a big good night. It's always. A, it's it's a great. I love Glastonbury. I love having a walk around festival site while it's not on. And mm. yeah, that's one of the that's one of the irons in the fire for twenty twenty four. Definitely. And obviously, like the the rest of the festivals coming up. How how do you get about that? Obviously, you said you've no got a you've no got management. So, are you booking all these yourself? Every everything's everything's done by me. Yeah. Um. So if any agents are listening, I'm here. Do you know what I mean? Come and uh, take me on. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's just it's just sending emails, mate, and just being relentless and just not taking no for an answer. Really. Um. I think the music speaks for itself. I think the music very. Uh, it did work at a lot of festivals, um, and uh, we 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 think we get a lot of big stages in South Yorkshire, um, and obviously it's it's hard to get out of South Yorkshire. But do you know what I mean? We've got some bits and bobs. So even these small like independent festivals that we're, we're getting contacting us now, it's mm-hmm. still going out there. And as long as we're playing to 
some, uh, I'm not bothered if there's 20 people in an audience who all love music. If they all love music and they want to listen, I'd rather play to 20 people of them than a thousand people who were at a beer festival not asked about what they're listening to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've got I've got a database. That's what I've been doing the last couple of months. I've got a database of PR companies. I've got a database of festivals. I've got, yeah. I've got nearly every venue in Britain with capacities yeah. and who to contact for for gigs and all that. So if you need in like that, then you're you're more than welcome to get access. Oh, that'd to be that. awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome, mate. Definitely. But I so other than this gig coming up at the weekend, what what else have you got up that you can tell us about? Um we've got we we kind of got a little run of dates between so we got Glastonbury this weekend then on the let me get my calendar up. <laughs> Thursday 25th we're supporting the Claws in Lincoln on their independent venue week tour then we've got a strange one a night after we're supporting Bez doing a DJ set right sure <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we're opening up for the legend that is Bez that's at, uh, in Bakewell um, and then we've got a, we're doing his own headline for independent venue week uh, in Barnsley, which is not far from Sheffield, a place called Garrison. Right. Uh, Harriet Rose is jumping on support for that. Um, another cool eyes from Sheffield. So that's, and then I've got a couple of gigs in. Uh, I'm doing an acoustic gig with Chris Elm from Seahorses. Chris is right. Uh, he was one of my very early guests on the podcast, Chris Elm. Yeah. Chris is awesome. F- fabulous vocalist. Do you know what I mean? Amazing, amazing singer. Um, and then we're doing a all day. Sorry, I missed this one out. Uh, Cafe Indie in Scunthorpe with the Lilacs. Um, Cavs, a few other bands on. Uh, really good lineup. Um, and then after that, we're not going to be gigging until there's big headline at the Foundry in Sheffield. So right. we're doing a bit of a run at the start of this. We've got a single coming out February the. Well, it was the 9th. It's now the 16th because somebody didn't have his arse in gear mixing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah well, it sounds like you're going to be busy um, I'd like to see you up in Scotland at some point it'd be nice to see you up here we'd um, love to come love to come give me a date and we'll be there <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can sort of I've, I've got uh, I mentioned that to Mark yesterday I, I've, <laughs> I've got a, a couple of people I know that are promoters so if I can get them to get you in a bill up here it'd be really good yeah, we'd love to come up, mate. We'd I don't want like to promise anything too much. I don't want like to let you down, but I'll, I'll, I'll stick your name in the pot. Awesome. Yeah, we'd love to come up, mate. Definitely. Brilliant. Um, before we go into your heroes, one bit that I missed, obviously, and this is this is the first time I've seen you. It was but November or something, the start of November. Mm. It just came up on my... You came up on my Facebook, and it was a link to the... Fairy Tale in New York single with Harry Larkin. So that's yeah. how you you came to that's how you came to into my consciousness. And then obviously yeah. I seen you on RGM and then I seen you on yeah, Facebook yeah. and that's how we get in contact. But so recording recording a, a Christmas song is massive at the best of times, but when you're covering probably the, the greatest Christmas song. <laughs> um, yeah. How did that come about? Was it daunting? 
No, it was. It was. And I, when I started the project, I'd never take no for an answer off anybody. It's like, if I'm doing something, I'm doing it right and I'm going to do it. Do you know what I mean? Bigger and bolder than anybody else. So uh, the first year when we were releasing singles, we, we were quite full on. And well, all last year were full on. There was just a lot more live stuff. But I knew that there were going to be a gap between the single in October and then the single in January. And then there were all this Christmas stuff. And I said, well, we'll do Fairy Tale in New York. We can't do that. I was well, I can do that and I'll make it happen. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so I got a. I put an ad out on Facebook and I said, look, I need, I need it. That's, that's how, by the way, just to say this, that's how I got all my band together. That's how I've got every, that's how I've got my early opportunities. That's how I formed the relationship with my videographer who's still working for us today. That's how I've met all the photographers that work for the band. Just put an ad out and I've been so lucky with the people who've responded Mm -hmm. and, and wanted to be involved and, uh, it's helped form this little community that I've got of people wanting to earn. People don't earn a lot of money, but they understand that I'm not earning a lot of money. But if the money comes in, they will be earning a lot of money. That's the kind of ethos of the yeah things. But I, I digress. Anyway, so Harry, Harry got involved. Uh, Harry got in touch saying so should do the part. I got the violinist, got the piano player. Luke from the band played electric guitar, played acoustic. And we did it live. We we recorded it live in, I think we got it in the, we did four takes, but we went with the third take that we did. So, and we, we just knew after we'd done it that it, it was special. So we did that in November 2022. Um, and obviously we kind of soft re, re-released it this year when uh, Shane passed away. Um a better tribute to him, um, but yeah, it, it's it's a superb song musically, um, and what Harry brings to it, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, you you definitely done it justice when it was. In, Thank you. As I say, it was kind of my starting point, and to yeah, um, discovering you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the last bit of the podcast, it's called Time for Heroes. Um, I asked my guest to put. Four heroes to come for dinner. Why are they your heroes? And side note, what would you cook them? Just to see yeah. how good I cook you. Yeah. Would, what, what would I cook them? Yeah. Okay. So the first one, I put <laughs> I put a tweet out yesterday actually saying, what would you invite? And some of the answers were extraordinary. Um, <laughs> but I I would invite David. It's, it's alive or dead, isn't it? Uh-huh. Whoever you... Whoever yeah. holds, whoever you hold in high regard, really. Yeah. So David Bowie to start with, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I just think the way he conducted himself in interviews, the, the he, he could he obviously had a very strong moral compass as well. Um, fantastic artist, fantastic vision, and I just think he'd be a very interesting guest <laughs> to have at dinner. Yeah. Uh, the other one that I did to a dinner party, and it, I suppose he is one of my heroes. He's like my family growing up, they've all been into like Rat Pack and, and Sinatra, but Frank Sinatra, I just think he'd be a cracking person to have at a dinner party. Mm-hmm. If I, I, I mean, I'd have all three of them, Dean Martin and Sammy Davis as well, to be honest with you. It'd just be just wine and, do you know what I mean, smoking cigars and all that. It'd just be a top dinner party I think so there'll be so much to talk to 
synapse about as well. But like other than yeah. music, like see the 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 mafia links and all that. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what you want that nitty gritty at a dinner party, don't you? Do you know what I mean? That them good conversations and you definitely definitely have them. Yeah, I've been watching. I've been uh, rewatching Sopranos here Christmas, so I'm right into yeah. all this mafia stuff and. Um, I, I, he'd be, he would be a, a dream to speak to. Just the, the, you can just see from old photos when, and they all, they always seem to be at a dinner party or a bar where, you know what I mean? And, and it just looks like a good crack. And I've got a photo in my studio actually with Sammy Davis, Steve Martin, and Frank Sinatra. It's one of my favourite photos, and it just looks like a proper good time. Mm. <laughs> so I, Me- Sinatra, Barry. Oh. Now I'm on spot. I think, I mean, going back to that New York thing, a massive influence of mine, and one of the reasons I learned to play piano, and again, I've listened to a lot of interviews with him, but Billy Joel, mm-hmm. I think he's a fantastic songwriter. As I said, a massive influence of mine in terms of musicality, songwriting. Um, and as I said, if it weren't for him, I would have never applied myself and... and I can't play, I can't read music, but I can make it sound like I can play the piano. That's down to Billy Joel. Right. Uh, and I think he's led a very interesting life. Um, and, yeah, he's number three. Number four. Oh, God. Mm. I need to wrap my brains here. Uh I said Bruce Springsteen. Right. Yeah. Good choice again. Yeah, I'd say I'm it's that New York thing again, but Springsteen again, massive influence of mine. Um and it's just had such a long, a long career. And I think it, it would be a good I'm I am i am looking at the dinner party angle as well. Do you know what I mean? I don't want any full blown nutcases there. I want some a bit edgy, but it's a dinner party. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, there me for hundred percent. Good choices, and that again, I'm pretty sure Springsteen. It might be the first time, obviously, seventy episodes or something I've done. It yeah, might be the first time he's been picked, um, <laughs> and probably the same for Sinatra, which yeah. is good because obviously yesterday Matt Matt picked three of his choices. I think well, he picked a Beatle. Yeah, it's the first time, first time MDs ever picked Ringo Starr. Really? Aye. I think Ringo time. would be one of the best Beatles to have. John's a bit miserable. I mean, right. I think if I'd picked, I'd pick Ringo or George. They seem to be the fun two. Yeah. <laughs> well, he picked him for that. That very reason he said he'd probably be the 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 most fun to be about. He said, yeah. Plus, um. With the narrating Thomas the Tank Engine, he'd love to chat to him about that as well. Yeah. I so it, it's nice to have different choices on the podcast. What a day! Um, I've done like 50 episodes and then I've done a league table, yeah. So I'm going to do the same after this next 50, and we'll, we'll see. But we've had these last 20 episodes, we've had a lot more diverse choices, yeah. so, so it could look a lot different, I think. Oh, okay. does Liam Gallagher get picked a lot? Uh, well, John Lennon won it the first the first yeah. year, and I think I think Liam and Noel were tied, but it wasn't yeah. much. It was maybe about five five picks each. 
yeah, air fifty episodes. It's not really much, isn't it? No. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, very interesting. Yeah. But I so that's that. And what would you cook then? I'm actually a very good cook, to be fair. I, I and I, well, I, I think I am. I don't know. I, I, I think I, I think I'm great, to be fair. I don't know. I don't. I won't want something too complicated. I make a very good spaghetti bolognese, so just do that. And some guy don't need to be able to, the wine's more important than the dinner for me. Well, you, you can't <laughs> go wrong with spag ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds amazing. Um, I so absolute pleasure having you on. Um, thank you, mate. Thank you I'll very much. Your, I'll share all your links, all your socials, and all your Spotify and all that for people to have a, a listen if they've no idea they have. Um, but I for going forward this year and then into twenty twenty five. I'm looking forward to that. That's our album. Thank you, mate. Yeah, it's going to be a long journey, but I think we're ready and we're just, yeah, we're just wanting to get started, man, and just, yeah, get cracking. Oh, sorry, mate. You've, I've lost your voice. Aye. That's it. Aye. <laughs> that's that's mouse. That's I'm telling you, it's that's mouse. Um, <laughs> but I thanks very much for coming on and I'll, I'll speak to you again. And I'll be back. Nice one, Martin. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Time for Heroes podcast. If you would like to get in touch, the best way is on the Facebook page, Time for Heroes podcast, or on Instagram at Time for Heroes podcast, or Twitter at Time for Heroes P1 or drop me an email at timeforheroespod at gmail.com You'll find Time for Heroes on all podcast platforms including Spotify, Apple, Google and Amazon. Please leave a review where you can, share with others and more importantly enjoy. Enjoy.